record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Gotcher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you with the support of Essentia Health. Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Peter Graves, and thank you so very much for being with us. Uh, today, a very special episode. Not only are we on video and recording it that way, um, we're releasing this interview uh, on race weekend as part of the Essentia Health Virtual Fitness Expo. Uh, but we're also joined by today's guest, Grandma's Marathon founder and longtime executive director, Scott Keenan. And Scott, uh, with the brand new book coming out, which uh, was a wonderful read, and thank you for getting it to me and inscribing it. We're very uh, happy to welcome you to the podcast, my friend. Well, thanks, Peter. It's my pleasure. You know, you know, Grandma's Marathon's in my blood. I've been retired almost eight years now, but um, it, it's in my blood. It always will be. So, and and your friendship is always important to me. So, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I I, I wouldn't have made the connection with Grandma's without you. And and uh, there was an interesting uh, chapter about that in there. And Mike Pinocchi. So, thank you for that. So, Scott. I mean, I, I, we'll go forward and backward here, but um, as I say, you're just releasing a book. Uh, it's a very interesting read at 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 all levels. There's some insider stories that I had never heard, uh, and there's some recollections of a lot of people that were close to Grandma's Marathon, close to you, close to me. Um, I was I was really uh, really touched about that. So, Scotty. Why the book now? What's the motivation? Well, the motivation was simple. Um, people have been telling me, say, Scott, you should write a book after my retirement. But I was too busy. I, I was doing different gigs. I was, I was organizing a sister marathon relationship program with the country Bhutan in Asia. I was going to Reykjavik, Iceland. I was, I was doing a bunch of stuff. I wanted to keep busy. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, the COVID-19 hit uh, in March and I had all this time and I just said to myself, I, I, this is the time to write it. If I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And so I woke up at around five in the morning every, every day and, and I just wrote my thoughts on a legal yellow legal tablet and uh, wanted to just start writing. And, and I'm not a writer. So this was a challenge, um, but I took it on. I was uh, stubborn and, uh, and I was going to do it no matter what. Well, uh, stubborn, but also innovative and never say die attitude is Scott Keenan in spades. Um, uh, you, you've really been an inspiration and, and uh, I, I have to chuckle when I look back, Scott, at, um, at like the budget for the first race, 1977, June 25th. Uh, yeah. and it's probably been asked before, but my guess is, uh, you, you're a young man running is just starting to boom. So I was living in Minnesota. Then there was lots of things starting to percolate through in the twin cities, but did you, did you really dream of, of creating what grandma's has become? You know, not really. Um, uh, I think one of our goals was after the first race in 1977, June 25th, was to be as big as the Pablo Nermi Marathon in Hurley, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. They At their peak, they had around 1,100 runners. And it's one of the oldest marathons in the country, the Pablo Nermi. And I ran it in 1974. So one of the goals was someday we wanted to be as large as the Pablo Nermi Marathon. And we accomplished that on the third year um, in 1979. Uh, we surpassed them by quite a bit. And at that point, we knew we had something special. You know, we knew the course was great. We had one of the greatest ambassadors in the world, and that was Gary Bjorkland, who was quoted as saying, what else do you want uh, in a marathon? It starts in the middle of the woods, 
runs along the beautiful North Shore of Lake Superior and finishes at a pub. And he, <laughs> and he did that at a, at a national platform in, in Los Angeles. So to this day, we have a lot of great ambassadors, but I'll put Gary Bjorklund number one. Yeah. So when things work this, and dare I say magically, um, because even now, after all these years, I, I feel that when I'm up in the tower uh, with Pinoch announcing that race, there's, there's, it's a link to the past and, and the early days of our sport in Minnesota. Um, but, you know, and I'm not sure if it was you or, or someone else, but the, uh, there was always the theory of a world-class race with small town charm and all that synergy connected together to create lightning in a bottle. And, and for me, that's got to be authentic. It can't be synthetic. It, it, it can't really be manufactured. It just happens. Um, the twin ports were uh, ready for a big race. The whole culture up there along the North shore and, and the North country of Minnesota, the welcoming friendliness, um, all of that's got, you and uh, the people that followed you have been able so successfully to tap into. Well, it, it, it was an exciting time of uh, running boom a little bit. Uh, a lot of the credit, and I pointed out to Frank Shorter winning the gold medal in 1972 was a big thing. And, um, and the excitement of marathoning started, races started popping all over the United States. Um, then Jim Fix wrote his book uh, on jogging and the benefits of, of benefits of running. And that was in about the same time we were sending 150 runners down the race course in 1977. Uh, the sport was, it was, we had pockets of runners all through this nation. They weren't connected. And it, well, even today at Grandma's Marathon, there's no more than 300 full marathon runners in a 30 mile radius of Grandma, of Duluth. And uh, so we had to do something special. We had to invite the world to Grandma's Marathon. And we did, you know, and uh, that's how we had to do it. We had the great race course. We, we had the, and the key thing that we had to make sure we did was the organization. We had to put on a good race, a safe race for all the runners. And what you said earlier, Peter, I, and I had this goal, but in back of my, my mind too, I was going to invite the world. I was going to have a mini Olympics at, at, at Grandma's Marathon every year. I don't care if somebody disagreed with me. We were going to invite the world and some of the best runners in the world as well. And you've done that and that continues to happen. And it was interesting in the book. I mean, because the book uh, takes you honestly behind the scenes. Uh, not everybody was sold on bringing the super elite athletes in, but, but you stuck to your vision about, you know, having a, a great citizen race, but also with some elites, to add that undeniable panache that when people talk about grandmas, they talk about Twin Cities or Boston Marathon or Chicago or New York. I mean, it's 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 spoken about in among those great races. Yeah. And, and that was one of our goals. We wanted we figured having world class runners, world class guest speakers in, in I try to point that out in the book as well of all the people that have come here to be our guests. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a whole bunch of money to, to, to spend on media type of stuff or, or PR type of things. So I figured one of the best ways is, is bring the world here and let them tell about us and build those ambassadors. Uh, and, and I think that strategy did work for us. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. So, um, so many questions to ask, but uh, I'll go back a little bit to the beginning. And it's hard to miss, Scott. Your yeah. North Shore Striders shirt on and the yeah. photos behind you and all that, because it was really the nucleus of that group that helped make things happen in the early days. It, it was. And uh, the North Shore Striders started with a vision of Dan Clennel, who lives in Fargo, North Dakota now. And by the way, his book is in the mail today. And uh, I, I can't wait to, to get him that copy so he can read it. Um, Dan Clennel. Gary Bjorkland and some others were the ones that started uh, the North Shore Striders in 1968. Hmm. Um, I took the handoff uh, in 1973 and through 1979. Um, but the, the, and I try to point this in the whole chapter on North Shore Striders. 
uh, Dan Clendon and his crazy band of runners had a vision. And if it wasn't for those guys, there wouldn't be a grandma's marathon. And, uh, and so it was exciting. Um, when I came in, we, we kind of converted the track road racing uh, club track club into hundred percent, pretty much a, a road racing club. And, and that's what was building up at, at that time was all across the country. Road races of every distance were popping up and, and that was exciting. Yeah. Well, I, I love the imagery there with the North Shore Striders. And, and it, it's fair to point out that in all the years I've known Scott, um, uh, I've almost never seen a, a more loyal person. Uh, and, and I mean, it's super admirable um, because loyalty and friendship mean a great deal to you, Scott. And, yeah. and I think those are extraordinary human qualities. And it, it may occasionally make you have to brush up against uh, some tough is- issues. You wear your heart on your sleeve and, and all that. But uh, uh, anybody who knows Scott Keenan knows that you have that loyalty, buddy. Well, thank you. It, it is. And, and I'm a traditionalist as well, too. And and I like to keep things going and uh, I, I don't like things ending. It, it upsets me. So, but uh, thanks, Peter. That was very kind comments. Thank you. And, and so after all the years, you said you've been retired eight years, which doesn't seem possible. Um, you, uh, you had a big decision to make to walk away uh, from the race that you created. Again, you talk about this candidly in your book uh, and um I, I'm getting the sense that you felt it was the right time, but let's face it, it's still really hard. Yeah. You know, I, I made a pledge and I, and I put it in the book as well. It was important. I couldn't do it anymore, Peter. It was just, I was done, you know, and I tried to explain that, you know, some race directors, you know, can sit on their chair and, and you know, and let the thing happen organically. I, I always was a race director who was more involved. Uh, you know, I was, you know, I, I needed to be involved. I needed to keep moving and, uh, and, and, and it wore on me, you know, it wore on me uh, organizing the volunteers It wore who are the greatest people in the world. But it, I mean, I had to call, I called the volunteers for all these years when I left, I, I had to get the 6,000 volunteers and, and, and the 250 volunteer coordinators raising money was always hard in Duluth. We're a very small market and we needed to raise money. That was challenging. Um, the weather was probably the biggest factor of where I decided, because it just hurt me so much when the weather forecast said we're going to be rained out and storms are coming and we'll never have the race. You know, if it was from the William Abram 5k or if it was grandma's marathon or the national championships, it wore me and, and it, and I felt like it's going to have a heart attack if I kept putting this self-induced pressure on myself. I had to step away. It was just the right thing for Scott Keenan. Peter, it was the hardest thing I ever did. But I did it, and I have no regrets on it at all. I found many new chapters in my life, and, and that was pretty exciting. And the, and the book is another one of those many new chapters. Yeah, well, uh, it's great to hear that. And, and you know, the other thing uh, is that I, I look back and you were talking about grandma's marathon all over the country. I mean, this is well before media branding and PR agencies doing all this stuff. You're going to Boston. You're talking to the athletes. You see how the, the uh, stands are set up. I mean, and everywhere you went, you were an evangelist for grandma's marathon. And you loved it. Yeah, you had to be, you know, I mean, uh, this was the thing that we were doing. We, we went across the country at races and, and spoke about Grandma's Marathon. But a key element, I think, that was our successful started uh, in 1987. And, and it's in the book, too, is that when we bid for the, the Women's National Championships that Janice Klecker won in 1987, we started a relationship very close with uh, women's at women's uh, track and field uh, people, and 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 we won that bid, and we brought the the best women in the country to Duluth and to run Grandma's Marathon as the national championships, and we've hosted all together nine national championships in Duluth, 
This was a very important part of getting the national respect, getting the national respect that we deserved. Again, we're, we're in a small market. Most of the major marathons and races in the country are in the East Coast or the West Coast. We're in Northern Minnesota, a small airport, hard to get to, uh, lack of hotel rooms. We're a point-to-point course where you need bus transportation. And if you don't do that right, you can't leave a thousand people that can't get to the starting line. It's, it was very difficult. And, but but uh, getting national champions to Duluth, you can't, you can't, you have to understand how important that was for us to rise in, in the, in the national visibility of races. Yeah. And Scott, um, also within say the city of Duluth and St. Louis County, um, a guy like you, who's, uh, used to calling the shots and, and, uh, all of that sort of thing. You also had a diplomatic side because you you had to work with the mayors yeah. over the years. I knew many of them, and um, they have they were an essential. I mean, they're every element of this race and continues to be super important. Um, and, and there's a very strong chain link uh, that links all these areas together, but. At times, you had to be very diplomatic, too, about uh, dealing with things. Well, every day I had to be diplomatic. <laughs> I mean, uh, if it's a new city councilor that comes on uh, city council, I, I had him in my office and told him our vision, what we're doing. If it was uh, a governor, like Governor uh, Rudy Perpich, who was at the finish line uh, for many, many years, how important that was. Uh, uh, Paul Wellstone, U.S. Yes. Senator, how important he was to coming to Grandma's. State senators, um, everybody. It, it, it was a important part, and I always loved politics. Uh, and and uh, as you may and know, you were in the city council, weren't you? For for eight years, and yeah. uh, to this day, I still love politics. And uh, so th- that was a fun thing. Uh, and maybe a few of of those people, may, I had to put more effort into and convince to to uh, to be on our side. But uh, but it was it was easy. It, um, a lot of people out there were supportive, and and once we started bringing the numbers up, you know, the thousands of runners, and then this then the city of Duluth and and the surrounding communities start realizing, hey, there's some money to be made <laughs> with special events. And special events in the beginning was a, was a headache for a lot of people. Sure. And and then it start as we start developing, probably in 1979 and 80. Uh, uh, the support came more because of the fact there was revenue for the city coffers. And um, along the way to, um, to talk about synergy for a minute, I mean, you, you had a lot of support in Minnesota distance running circles, but um, you also had enormous support from uh, Dick Beardsley and Gary Bjorklund to famed uh, Minnesota distance runners. And I mean, Gary grew up around there. Dick lived up around there for uh, a, a long period of time. And there was great pride in this race. So they spread the message. But how important looking back was that duo of Dickie B and Gary in helping also make the event bigger and better? Well, the, the ambassadorship that they have given to Grandma's Marathon can never be replaced. I mean, it's nobody, nobody has done more than that. And I said earlier, Gary Bjorkland, because he was there in 1977. But when, in 1981, when Dick ran his first marathon here in Duluth and with Gary Bjorkland, and Gary was a little overweight in that race, uh, those two running that race side by side for most of the race down the North Shore, it was and 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 Dick ran a 209.37 and Gary ran a 211. That took took us off. I mean, that was so important to have that relationship that I had with Gary Bjorklund and and, and Dick Beardsley was crucial, I think, too, to getting us going. It was and there's some great stories about Dick in the book. Uh, uh, after Dick ran a 209 at Grandma's. Uh, there was kind con- of, of course, in life, there's always controversial that comes. And there was when Dick did run that. And, uh, and, but those two are to this day, Peter, are some of my best friends. 
they're dear friends. They're dear friends to the marathon. And um, my gosh, I can't even say enough about them. You know, I even went fishing with uh, Dick not too a couple years ago with one of my grandsons, and it was uh, an experience of a lifetime. And speaking of stories, uh, there there's one that I, I I didn't see in the book, and that was our fishing trip, Scott, uh, up to uh, uh, Crow Lake in Ontario, which was absolutely great. And then uh, remember the Taste of Duluth tour, where oh, you got no. us all in a bus, and we stopped at the Chinese Lantern and Russ Kendall's and all places all over to Grandma's. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, those, those, you know, here is the deal with this. There's hundreds and hundreds of stories that have not been told in this book. I mean, I could write more of these books, but I'm not going to. And uh, but yeah, there were so many stories. What I did is I, I I let and I think the title of the book is kind of guides you what I've done here. It's history and heroes, and 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 so I focused on a lot of the history and the heroes that were of mine. And, and, and so, you know, that's where we went with this stuff. So, so the, the, the stories that came out of the, of my mind were all focused on heroes in history. And uh, so that's how, that's how I went. So a lot of stories are not told in the book, uh, but I focus on the people that are my heroes. Yeah. And there again, it's vintage Scott Keenan. I mean, you, you help promote those local restaurants you took the media out, Bruce Bennett, Marsh Nilsson, yeah. so, so many really dear, dear friends uh, to, to both of us. Uh, you know, I, I look back and it was so moving because a lot of those people aren't with us right now, Scott. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, uh, we all shared some very special moments. Yeah, it's very emotional when I wrote this book because, if, as you can see through it, many of my heroes are gone. And I yes. lost them and they're dear friends. And I'm getting emotional right now because I, I, I can't read the book anymore because it's, 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 it's too emotional. So it, there is some emotion in the book. And um, of course there is. Yeah. And it, it, it was really clear to me. I mean, uh, uh, the various passages that you've gone through with people that were so close. Um, so Scott is, is there one grandma's that stood out uh, beyond all others uh, to you, or do they kind of blend in a tapestry? Well, I, I got to wipe this tear off here, Peter. So hang on. All right. And, uh, um, many blend together. Um, that's a correct statement or observation, <laughs> Peter. Um, but 1977, that first year, uh, I had to put it on the cover of the book mm-hmm. uh, picture of myself handing Gary Bjorklund a glass of water on the race course. I mean, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't have a marathon and there wouldn't be a, a wonderful staff at grandma's marathon. now that, uh, that works here and stuff to get that first race under our belt. And, and there's a whole chapter on the heroes of that first race. And um you know, that, that, that was the most important one. If I had to name another one that, that popped out would, would be the 1981 race between Dick and Gary. And, and if I had to do another one, it'd be 2013 when we finished our, our, our relationship, our commitment to host the men's and women's national uh, half marathon championships. Uh, and that was the time of the date of my retirement as well. So those were great years. And 2012, when Kara Goucher came back here and run the half marathon national championships and won it and set a course record. And um, that, that was extremely special. Yeah. And one, one of the things that I, I liked so much about the book was that they, they included all, all manner of snapshots over the years. And, you know, one of them that I guess maybe I deliberately put out of my mind, but, and I'm not sure if it was 86, but the really extremely bad weather we had. Um, and um, I had forgotten just how bad that year got. I mean, it, 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 the, the tents, if people can imagine, the tents blew down, the, all the instruments. I'll, I'll let you tell a, a short bit of the story. 
Well, it was in 1986, uh, and that was the year that I bought over a thousand beers running the race. <laughs> That's right. And uh, but I but but anyways, we won't go that path. But uh, at, <laughs> six, at 6:20 um, in in the evening, uh, tornado type winds came off Lake Superior and blew all the tents. Most of them went in Lake Superior. Uh, tables, band equipment was smashed. Uh, it, it was a terrible storm that came in. Um, it was after the afternoon party and get together and celebration award ceremony. And it was uh, before the evening uh, party that we usually got going around eight o'clock with the music and dancing and so forth. Nobody got hurt, Peter. It was yeah. a miracle and yes. uh, that, that the storm hit at 6.20. And after that, in, in uh, a couple months after that storm is when grandma's marathon started, started, we started moving into the nonprofit and uh, situation and we became a, a official uh, Minnesota nonprofit corporation in 1987. That looks to me like it was handled about as well, really, as it could have been, Scott. Right, right. That transition. It, it was. Um, uh, the folks at Grandma's uh, restaurants uh, have been dear friends of mine. If it was Vicki Plucci, Andy Borg, Brian Dorn. Andy. Yeah, they're all great friends to this day. And, and um, you know, we were getting a little big. I, and I think I try to explain in the book that, that uh, I was getting pretty aggressive as, uh, as I was in the corporate office of Grandma's uh, uh, restaurants and host, you know, bringing in national championships. I was spending money. There was obviously the risk in organizing marathons with the storm in 1986. We had a departure, um, um, but at that point, it, it took two months for me to set up a nonprofit corporation, and we moved forward and never looked back. I love the uh, story, too, about was it Charlie Rogers uh, saying that the course was a little short, <laughs> but it well, wasn't that- true. No, it wasn't true. And uh, <laughs> and if Charlie wants to ever come to Duluth, I will buy him three conies and a Coke at the, at the deluxe uh, Coney Island on First Street. <laughs> well, you could do that for me when I come next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bud, um, one of the other moving parts, and I had never heard, actually, I don't remember hearing you talk about it, was um, uh, Steve Prefontaine. I mean, anybody who's ever laced up a pair of running shoes or worn a singlet. Um, most everybody just adores him and, and the legacy that he created. Now you, you met him and you spent some time with him out in Oregon and, and uh, you have some pictures in the book about it. Um, I mean, to me that that's like the Holy grail. What was it like meeting him? Uh, it was, it, it was wonderful. It was, uh, it, it, that's again when Marty Pavlo and Roger Johnson and I took a, a month off, 29 days, and went to 12 different states all west. Um, I took a break from running at that point, and my friends just took a break. They were non-runners, and and they all knew we we're going to go to Eugene, Oregon. Though our, our trip was going to Eugene, and uh, and we had no clue if if uh, Pre was uh, in Eugene or running races or where he was, um, but. Um, we, we, we found his address in the phone book and uh, we went to his trailer house uh, by, the, by the river, Willamette River. And, and um, he wasn't there. We waited. We had lunch and, and, uh, and finally he came. We spent two hours with Steve Prefontaine and his dog, Lobo. The most memorable experience in my lifetime uh, was that. And, uh, and then I received a letter from Pre afterwards and, and I cherished that as well. So you can't even ex- express it in words, Peter, how important that was to me, developing me as a runner and even developing me as wanting to organize races as well. That's a great story. And I think that letter is at your home, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> in a spot, no doubt about that. Yeah. Scotty, over the years, too, um, you paid particular attention not only, you know, to to the race itself, but also to the the emotional or um, um, encouragement aspect of the race. And to that end, you brought in uh, a lot of guest speakers and, and a few of them over the years actually made their way down to announce with Mike and I for a while. Uh, 
if you look at the names in the book, it's a who's who, right? I mean, it's stunning. I, I, I dare say, you know, uh, when I talk to friends and I, I can brag a little bit, I can say, you know, oh, I met Dr. George. I, I met uh, Greta Weitz. I met, uh, you know, uh, well, on and on it goes, you know, Castor and, and Rogers. Anyway, the point is you brought these people in and they gave speeches and uh, they were really quite powerful. Um, what, what was the messaging you wanted to get out with bringing those speakers in? And it's part of the title of this book. I wanted to, I, and maybe it was a selfish thing on my part. I wanted to bring my heroes to Duluth. I wanted them to send their message to all the runners that we brought in. And uh, it was important for me to do that. Again, bringing elite athletes in, bringing these wonderful you know, guest speakers and heroes and, and tell their stories to our people was part of our strategy on uh, getting the word out about Grandma's Marathon. What, what can get any better when all of a sudden you have a gold medalist, Billy Mills, or Joni Benoit, yeah. gold medalist, spreading the word how wonderful it was in, in Duluth and Joni running the race numerous, or the half marathon and the 5K numerous times yeah. and, and spreading that word about us. That was the strategy, and uh, it was very important part of what we're, we're doing is getting uh, the, those guest speakers and 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 those runners here in Duluth. And uh, I think it paid off. I had no no regrets on that. It was it was an important part uh, for me, and I think important part for the marathon as well. Yeah, and of course, uh, Dick Beardsley has been doing it for a long time, and more recently, I think uh, joined with uh, Carrie Tollefson, another uh, a Minnesota favorite daughter. <clears throat> and uh, they're very, very good. I mean, that night before, that afternoon before, and people go to the spaghetti feed, and and particularly for first-time runners, you know, and they're nervous. They wonder if they've done all the training that's necessary. Um, that this is a, a a huge new physical and emotional challenge, and then to hear these stories, it's very life affirming. You know what I mean? I mean, and it goes, and I really deeply feel this way as do you, everybody who runs that race is a winner, you know, not just the fastest time of the day. Um, and, um, we try to reflect that in our, in our announcing at the finish line as well, but your thoughts on, on that, uh, that mental side of things in the marathon. Well, you know, first of all, I just want to add on to how important uh, citizen runners are to Grandma's Marathon. It, 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 our two goals very simple, as I mentioned earlier, is that we wanted to put a safe race, a quality race, have all the bells and whistles that we possibly could put out there for every runner. Um, that was the primary goal. You know, if you can't do it safely, if you can't do it right, don't do it at all. And, and we want, and that's, the, the title that we've used a lot of times, world-class race, small town charm. We wanted to have everything right. Water stations working to perfection, transportation system working to perfection, finish line working to perfection, medical team on the course and the, and the finish line working to perfection. This was, a, this was the highest priority I put in, in into the race. And as I mentioned before, put bringing, bringing uh, elites in and having a, many Olympics in Duluth every year was also an important part. You know, you know, the big thing that, that helped us too at, at Grandma's Marathon, many, many races across the country fight with their municipalities. You know, you have to change the courses, construction, right, this right. and that. Peter, the support we received from all of the, the counties, Lake County, St. Louis County, City of Duluth, State of Minnesota, so forth, they delayed projects to Grandma's Marathon was over. You know, they hurried up with projects so Grandma's Marathon could be done the cooperation that we had from all the municipalities was, is it's probably not even seen today in any other major race in the country. And, uh, and that has led us to be successful as well. It's a big deal in Duluth, you know, and maybe in a big city, it's not such a big deal. It's a headache. Cab drivers can't even get around, you know, but, but in Duluth, this is a big thing. And, and the 6,000 volunteers uh, made it that big thing. You know, it's easy to get 6,000 volunteers in Duluth. Other races can't even get volunteers, hardly. Yeah. 
Well, it's a really volunteer-oriented city. It's uh, an active area. Uh, we we talked to uh, Duluth Mayor Emily Larson a few weeks ago on the podcast, and you know, um, she was talking about uh, the accessibility of trails for hiking, walking, running, whatever within. Uh, the city proper is extraordinary. You're never far away from it. So, and this has grown. I, 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 it's reached more of a critical mass now. I mean, you look at Outside Magazine or other magazines, and every year, like Duluth is in the the top ten of of cities or towns. If you're outdoor active oriented, you want to go to. Well, it's, it is big for running and trails and, and uh, skiing. I mean, uh, Duluth has been, you know, well-known for its skiing background. We've had many, many uh, Olympians come out of, uh, out of Duluth and skiing. And, and biking over the last decade has really been taking off. Yeah, it's an outdoor town. I mean, it really is. It's, it might be like Flagstaff, Arizona in one way or another, but it, it's an outdoor town. People are active. Uh, and it might have something to do with it's so darn cold in the winter sometimes that uh, you really cherish the summer with the trails and uh, the biking and the running and, and so forth. And there's tons of mini waterfalls all over the place yeah. in the town. And, and Peter, um, if anytime we have time, I'll take you some of those waterfalls. They're just incredible that I know you haven't seen. So Yeah, I'm sure I haven't seen them all for, sh- for sure. Um, Scotty, at the, at the end of the day, so much of this is is about people. And um, I, I just uh, maybe get some comments on, um, I, I don't want uh, uh, to not mention the effect of, of uh, the Klecker uh, family uh, on, on grandmas um, because they, they were hugely important in the early days and boy, great results too. Oh yeah, they're, they're dear friends of mine, uh, uh, Barney and Janice, and all the six kids. And uh, Joe Klecker right now is one of the top distance runners in America, if if not in the world. And he's going to be running uh, uh, in the Olympic uh, trials, ten thousand meters coming up soon. And um, looking for good things from Joe Klecker at the trials. Um, what a great family! And uh, and Barney Klecker ran the first ten races. And probably one of the best best uh, races that has ever run when Barney in 1981 ran a 215 marathon with yeah. two broken toes. And uh, i never seen so much pain on a person's face after they finish. Nobody could have started that race other than Barney and, and nobody could have finished that race, but Barney could. And again, Barney and Janice are some of my dearest friends. I stay in touch with both of them all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and it was so important to get both of their stories in this book. And uh, um, Barney and Janice are heroes of mine. I wanted to ask you about Marsh Nilsson. We have an award for him uh, at Grandma's Marathon, uh, the uh, Marsh Nilsson Luncheon. I guess it won't have be happening this year. But Marsh was the longtime sports director at uh, KDIL, KDLH in Duluth, uh, passed away far too young. He had been the PA announcer for the Vikings football games. What a nice man. Uh, And I was so happy uh, because uh, he was smart. He was youthful. He had no ego. You know, he didn't act like a television star. He was just a nice guy. I remember uh, when... Our office for two years was at the Radisson Hotel in 1987 and 88. I remember walking down uh, to his his little cubicle office at KDL building just a block away or yes. less a block away and uh, go see Marsh and uh, and um, and his and his his office was just covered with photos everywhere, little photos, everything of his of the history of Marsh Nelson. And in my mind, we wanted to certainly thank the media and the best way to do it. And, and if you look at what we do at Grandma's Marathon, we have awards all over the place. You know, the Rudy Purpich Public Service Award, the Hall of Fame. Uh, Ron, Ron Dawes. You know, Ron Dawes, the best award. It was important early on for me to make sure we recognize other people for what they have contributed. And Marsh Nelson 
when we wanted to start that many years ago to get a recognize the a member of the media each year, it was a no brainer to uh, get a, the, the Marsh Nelson uh, Media Award in his name. And the first person that got that award is another dear friend, Kevin Pates from the Duluth News Tribune. And, and so that was important, recognizing other people. If you look, and I know you have, Peter, we look at the, the background of all the stuff, all the people we recognize, it, it wasn't about us. It was about them. Yeah. Of course, you mentioned Kevin Pates, a uh, uh, longtime writer. Uh, he, he was a guy that uh, just uh, absorbed the marathon, in a, and he's really bright, and he's a very uh, clever uh, writer. And, and uh, I mean, there, let's say there have been many, many very strong uh, print journalists uh, uh, locally. Uh, uh, Kevin seemed to embrace the marathon in a unique way, didn't he? Well, he had that running background too. And, and uh, there's a good portion, well, not a good part, but it's a portion of the book on Kevin. And, uh, and, uh, and we both retired in 2013 after long careers, but, but Kevin um, is an honest uh, uh, reporter too, and, uh, and a fair reporter. And, uh, and I always, if I could give a little scoop to a media person, which I know you're not supposed to do, but if I could, Right. Uh, uh, I would give it to Kevin Pates every once in a while. Um, and, and you know that you would get a fair reporting with Kevin and, and it wasn't going to be full of uh, stuff that made no sense. It was right down to the, to the wire on the details. And, uh, and again, Kevin um, uh, deserved that first Marsh Nelson media award uh, back in the old days there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Dorothy uh, Spencer a little bit yeah. because uh, you write about her and, and her late husband in the book. And um, we're all very close with her. And uh, I, my, my image of her more than anything else is like the Energizer bunny going around <laughs> and, you know, she does do anything, answer phones, uh, yeah. put race packets together. And then on the race day, she would be right out front, uh, helping people, uh, get into the right shoot for the finish. And, um, uh, she, she and, and her husband, uh, Roger, uh, were, were, um, uh, also very instrumental in the early days. They were. And, and, uh, I met Dorothy, I believe it was 1977. And uh, I was president of North Shore Striders. They moved from Minneapolis to Duluth and um, we became great friends right away. I like to surround myself with people that are doers versus donters. And, and Dorothy's a doer. And as you know, I, th I think we'd put 10 of those uh, bunnies together with Dorothy, with her energy. And, uh, yes. and, um, and also Dorothy was one of these people that gave me calmness too. And, uh, when there was things that maybe I was getting a little raveled on, uh, Dorothy would provide the calmness I needed. And, and as I kind of put in the book, if I had a second mother, it would have been Dorothy Spencer. And, uh, and Dorothy was a dear friend and her, and, and her husband, Roger, were complete opposite. Roger was laid back, not a care in the world. And Dorothy was hyperactive. And, um, and uh, boy, you know, Roger passed on way too early. Dorothy lives mm. in the, uh, by a lake in, uh, in Wisconsin now and, and enjoying every minute of her life. We have had some extraordinary masters runners uh, over the years at grandma's as well as, as uh, everyone else. Um, one of the names from the older days uh, that stands out to me was Alex Rattel. Um, yeah. in, in fact, I, I, like I told you, Scott, and, and there are few books that I have sat down and read cover to cover. And when this came in the mail yesterday, I couldn't put it down. Okay. It was like I was reliving these very powerful experiences. And I had forgotten just how good Alex Rattel was. Uh, he, he had some incredible marathons very late in life. Oh, incredible. I mean, I don't remember all of the, the national world records of distances that he, he has done, 
but the most respected runner, I think one of the most respected runners ever in the history of uh, the state of Minnesota is Alex Rattel. And I had a chance back in the old days to, to be in his house. And I mean, this guy was a, was a pilot in, in, uh, in the World War II. Yeah. This, guy, this guy was a race car driver. This guy did more things uh, than anybody ever could dream of doing. And a world-class runner, not a national caliber runner. Alex Rattel was a world-class runner. Um, running races uh, like a two thirty marathon when he's fifty, you know, I mean, it's it's unheard of. And uh, and so Alex, I I I I was fortunate to be good friends with his wife Patty and Alex. And in their later years, they they lived in Grand Marais, and um, yeah. and uh, I had a chance to visit them as well up there in in, in different times. But but uh, I had I had to make sure for sure Alex Rattel got in this book. Yeah, well, I think you did a really, really good job at, at getting as many people in as you have, Scott. Um, and it, it, it's not easy to write a compendium about somebody's life like like you have in in that book. So uh, as we get closer to the end of this interview, maybe uh, I'm going to draw the lens back and talk a little bit more about you. So um there is Scott Keenan today. There's Scott Keenan uh, back in 1977, uh, creating Grandma's Marathon. Scotty, how have you changed as you've aged, as you've had life experiences, as you celebrated joy and loss? How, how different are you? I, I'm not so sure I've changed much at all. You know, I, I really haven't. I want to keep busy. Um, you know, I, I had to check, you know, I, I try to point this out in some of the last chapters of the book, I got back coaching again and it was the most wonderful experience. It started in 2018 when I was asked because they needed a coach at the last minute for the women's, uh, cross country team division two at UMD. And I never, co I coached for 12 years at division three at college Saints, Alaska, but I was 28 years before that. And I jumped out of my socks and said, I'll do it. Peter, I had the most wonderful experience in my lifetime. And I real I always knew I missed coaching, but I didn't realize how much I missed coaching. And I was an interim coach. So I knew it was a one year done, carry my box out after three months and say, oops, why am I leaving now? But I have to leave. And, and, and now for then after that, I started coaching high school at East high school and and I want to keep busy. And I've been doing that two years. I'll be going, doing that again this fall. The, the best experience I've ever had in my life is coaching at ease. Um, and now you don't even know this, but I, 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 I am the athletic director at Lakeview Christian Academy in Duluth now. Oh, I, didn't I, start, know that. I started oh, June 1st and, and I got a call and said, Scott, can you do this? I said, yeah, I can do it. And, and Peter, the reason is everything I've ever, people ask me to do, I said, yes, because it was, the, it ended up being the best experience I ever had. So I don't think I've changed at all. Um, I just want to keep busy. I keep wanting to doing something. I'm getting emotional. I'm looking forward to new challenges. And uh, at the same time, I, I still want to be the best husband I could be and, and the best grandpa I could be. You, you mentioned that in the book it, it, and Carrie has been by your side through thick and thin. It, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. I'm crying now because it is powerful. Okay. I don't have a, a organizing grandma's marathon and being on the city council at the same time. I spent very little time at home. It's, it wasn't easy. I carried, you know, cause I, I worked uh, just constant hours on it. It's, it's hard, but uh, she stayed with me. That was good. And such a doer as you with such tenacity, I've always been impressed when I've been at your house and I've seen what you do with the tenderest of things like the gardening you have done. I mean, right. it's really, it's extraordinary, but Scott Keenan can appreciate real beauty. Well, Carrie got me into gardening and I tried to point that in the book too, is when I got married, I didn't realize I had to dig up the whole backyard uh, <laughs> or, or gardens and stuff. And, uh, and now I'm an amateur gardener and landscaper and built a river. And I love the outdoors. I, I love the natural beauty and, and, um, and all the birds that come into the yard. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. And uh, I'm sorry for the tears guys. I, this is emotional. You don't need to be it's sorry emotional. at all. 
because of you too, Peter. Well, your friends. I, I understand. I mean, we, uh, we age, we go down this road and, 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 you know, when you write a book, it, it's by its nature, it's reflective. You know, we're thinking back on, on old and very tender times. Um, and, and it's okay. If you had to put into words, uh, and this may be really hard, but um, what did you, in practical terms, grandma's marathon, um, what did it, putting it on and founding it mean to you, Scott? I fell in love with the sport of running and, and I was okay runner. Um, um, but I had a different calling. I, I, I felt I was better at organizing things than, than running. And uh, so it was very important for me to try to take running and, and racing to a new level in, in the Duluth area and organize a lot of races. And, uh, and so running and the proud, I'm proud of the North Shore Striders having this shirt on today was important. And, and uh, so proud of the of, of uh, how running has developed. And just think, the best thing that's ever happened. How many people in Duluth have changed their lifestyles permanently because of Grandma's Marathon, the, the Gary Bjorkland Half Marathon, the William May Urban 5K, or the Wednesday night races to the Young Athletes Foundation? This is what's important. We we we've gone out. We started people jogging. We got people running. We gave them a goal for them to, to achieve, to go for. And, and Grandma's Marathon did that. That's what I'm proud of. Very powerful hour, Scott. Um, and, uh, and it's moved me greatly. Um, I know I'll see you at the races. Uh, we'll share a hug again. Um, Save me a big hug, Peter. Yeah. And I, I really, once again, with the book in front of me, just recently released, it is, it's really a very, very uh, good book with a lot of stories. If you love Grandma's Marathon like we do, um, please pick one up. Um, so uh, I think you have a talent for books, Scott. And, and of course, the current staff of Grandma's Marathon um, works very hard and, and um I'm sure you have a very good feeling about their work. I want Grandma's Marathon to go on for generation after generation after generation. And I'm so grateful that they're working so hard. Um, they have to work hard. Otherwise, I'd be mad at them. So uh, I'm glad they're working hard and, and keeping the momentum going. I know it's been so difficult with, uh, with uh, COVID, but they're doing things uh, that a lot of races aren't doing. And I'm proud of that. So we're having a race this year, and that's great news. All right. Well, that's it for this week. The Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast is brought to you with the support of Essentia Health. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate us, and please tell your friends. Thanks again to this week's very special guest, Scott Keenan. Wonderful to have you, buddy. Grandma's Marathon is proudly presented by Toyota, Members Cooperative Credit Union, and ASICS. We'll see you in a couple of days. The 45th Annual Grandma's Marathon is June 19th. I'm Peter Graves. Thanks so very much for listening, and we'll have more podcast episode now as registration for the 2022 race event approaches on October 1st. Run fast, run fire, and have fun, everybody. We hope to see you in the blue.